Ion 2020 episode 262. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton here. Coming out a day late on a podcast, and I apologize. Uh, yesterday was, in fact, President's Day weekend, uh, or President's Day and President's Day weekend. My family and I, we go over to uh, Snowshoe, West Virginia to take the kids snowboarding. So I was off the radar for the weekend. I did the last show on Thursday, and I didn't really have time to get a show together for Monday. It was just, uh, it was a busy weekend, and as soon as I got home on Thursday evening, we were pretty much packing up and getting out the door so that we can get up there, and then it was uh, go, go, go from there. I don't know if you guys know this about the middle of West Virginia gets a lot of snow compared to the you know the rest of the East Coast. I guess if you get up in like Vermont and stuff, they get a ton of snow also, but for being slightly south, you get uh, quite a bit of snow, so there's maybe three or four ski resorts up that way. And uh, they're always fun. The one I go to is, uh, we just really enjoy it, and the kids really enjoy it as well. So I went up there. But that area of West Virginia is what's called a, it's a uh, radio-free zone, which is, I guess there's a legal law in that area because there's there's some kind of radio broadcasting uh, or radio telescope up that way and they want to keep as many radio waves out of that area as possible so that the scientists can study the radio waves that are you know coming in from all over the all over the universe i guess and because of that there's a ban on having radio or using radios up there having cell phone towers i think there's like one maybe two radio stations in the entire area and that's it and so but the really the main thing is that there's no cell phone towers. Uh, the only way that you can really communicate is through wired communication. And also, when you get up the to Snowshoe, they do have the internet there, but it is just really slow, and it's almost like they just have like this old-fashioned dial-up connection up there. It's absolutely insane. So, there would have been no way for me to really record and release a show anyway. So, I apologize. I am uh, currently recording, and you do have to apolo- I do have to apologize for the background noise as well. Uh, I do typically do the or record the show in silence, but today I have to do one of those uh, ones that you hear every so often where I'm driving and recording at the same time. So, if there is background noise, I do apologize. But that's just the way it is when you're putting together a podcast. You want to be consistent. You want to make sure that you're always putting out great shows and everything. But uh, sometimes you'll have a little background noise. And I've heard podcasts that have way worse uh, sound quality than mine. I've worked really hard on sound quality in general just to make sure that I have, you know, uh, make sure it sounds good for you guys when you're listening. And uh, in this case, I'll have the little background noise. But you know what? Uh, putting out shows, you know, that's that's my goal every single uh, Monday and Thursday. In this case, it'll be Tuesday and Thursday for you. So, uh, that, 
when you're up in the mountains and you're not really having much access to the internet, you're not able to really, you know, look at the news and everything, what you find is that you don't pay much attention to the news. But I think that's a good thing, right? I think it's a really positive thing to just avoid the news for a couple of days here and there. Uh, especially when it comes to, like, all the bickering and bashing and fighting that they're doing up in uh, Washington. All the bickering and bashing that they're doing on the campaign trail as well. To me, it's, you know, it's nice to get away from all that stuff and not paying attention for it for a little bit. So I'm not really up to date specifically on what's going on all over the world by any means. But uh, I did come across a couple of things, but there's one specific topic that I wanted to talk about today, and that is, uh, you know, government management of the economy. So, what I mean by that when I say government management of the economy is politicians having priorities about certain industries and certain things that they think people should do. And because they have their priorities, because they think that their idea or what they believe is right, and because they think that there's one way they can, they, they can go about doing things, they start advertising that, and it kind of sets a few things into motion. That's what I kind of want that's what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to start off, I'm going to say it from the standpoint of, the uh, green industries, okay? Whether you think global warming exists or not, everyone is always fighting on the right and on the left on, on that, right? Let's just set that aside completely and say that uh, we're not going to talk about global warming per se, but we're going to talk about green industries and what people have declared are green industries, right? You know what I'm talking about. Solar, wind, and then like uh, the other one is like electric powered cars, things like that. Like things that politicians always say we need to have more of. So if you are really concerned about carbon and you're really concerned about getting off of carbon-based fuels, then the, the first thing you would do is start building nuclear power plants all over the place. But the politicians don't go that route anyone that is for green energy they don't talk about nuclear power they don't talk about building nuclear power stations at all they avoid that topic completely and it's a scary thing or whatever but there's safe ways to build nuclear power plants if you have the storage problems well they say that over time if you have a nuclear reactor and it has this and it has, the waste that comes from it has to be stored you know thousands of or thousands of feet below the earth and all that stuff they and there's a problem with trying to store all that all the liquid all the water that is uh, contaminated because of it but they say that over time you could start taking that that rate that water and start refining that in order to get more power out of that particular um, that particular waste, right? So the waste can be reused eventually to create more power is what they're saying. But besides that point, you don't hear politicians talk about nuclear. They talk about wind, they talk about solar power, 
and then they talk about like electric cars and things of that nature. And when a politician starts talking about solar, this is what happens. It sets into a it sets into cycle a process where somebody starts thinking to themselves, I can make money because the politicians think that solar is the best way to go. So all of a sudden, people start looking into solar power as the solution to the environmental problem. So they start going to politicians, they start getting the politicians to pass laws in order to benefit their cause, which is, oh, look at me, I'm a green manufacturer, I'm going to start manufacturing solar power, when really the incentive is I'm trying to make some money, right? But now they're going to get special laws in their favor, they're going to get subsidies in their favor, they're going to get taxpayer benefits in their favor, they're going to socialize the extra cost of the solar. Now over time, solar has come down in price, and that's a good thing for people that think that solar is the best solution to getting off of greenhouse gases, But the thing is, is what's the cost associated with that? How much cost was there associated by the taxpayer because of all these subsidies? Is it the best solution to the greenhouse gas problem? Is it the best solution to the getting off of carbon-based fuels? Is that the best solution? Who knows? There's no way to tell if solar would be the best way to get off of carbon fuels. Back in 2008, 2009, Obama gets elected, and I don't know if you remember this, if you were even paying attention to the news back then, but if you listen to the news back then, you had this guy, um, he's an oil tycoon, uh, what was his name, it was um, T. Boone Pickens, that was it. So, T. Boone Pickens, I don't know if you remember this guy, but in 08, 09, they're talking about wind being, wind power being the next thing the next big thing to get us off of off of carbon-based fuels. Gas prices were high at that point, and he starts getting on all of the news at media outlets as some kind of philanthropist person that's going to bring wind energy to America and start pushing... He's pushing wind energy on Fox News, on MSNBC, on CNN, on every media outlet he can. But you know what he was doing? He was enriching himself off the taxpayer dime. He was having a PR campaign for wind power so that he can get subsidies from the government to build these huge wind farms all over Iowa, Illinois, all over the country, build these huge wind farms so that he can enrich himself, so he can enrich his business. It wasn't because he was an environmentalist or because he was a philanthropist. It's because he wanted to enrich himself on the taxpayer dime. Because he knew that politicians, if he was talking about wind power and solar power, because they've already been, the the politicians have already been predetermined in their mind that that was the solution to the problem, he went to them and got subsidies for his business to build these things. And you drive all over the country and you see these wind farms that are built by T. Boone Pickens and his investors... And it was all because of a PR campaign back then. And not saying wind power is a bad thing or a good thing. I'm saying that he enriched himself on the taxpayer dime because politicians already told the public that they think that wind and solar is the way to go. And if you come to me, I will vote in favor of subsidies for your company 
because the public thinks it's a great thing because the people have determined that wind and solar is the best way to go. That's what it comes down to. That's crony capitalism, guys. That's cronyism. It happens not only in the green industries, it happens the entire... Any, almost any industry you'll find that cronyism when a company has can get a small benefit because of a law that's passed and it can enrich them because of that, then they're going to do it. Just think about, I mean, just think about any business. If, if Walmart wants to come into a town, they know that they're going to benefit because it's going to be a new store for them. So that however much, it, that, how much, much profit they make out of a new store, they're going to make sure that they get that store there. So they're going to do whatever it takes, whatever politicians they need to buy off or whatever, or hoops they need to jump through to make it happen, they will. But it's not just the green energy, it's all industries. Because we have a government and we have politicians who are willing to be bought and paid for. And that's really what it comes down to. We have a system in place where a company can do certain things and pay off certain people and donate to certain campaigns to get laws passed in their favor. Because our government is so huge. Because our government has so much, so many things that it takes on. Because politicians think that if they say wind and solar is the best way to go, it will enrich them in some way. It looks good to their constituents who are environmentally, you know, environmentally aware. The people that think that the world's going to end in 10 years if we don't change the way we're doing things now. Yeah, how easy would it be to get that politician on board with subsidies for your company? I have a great new solar plant that I'm building. I need subsidies. I need tax benefits. I No taxes for 20 years on this plant if I build it in your town. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a green company. That's great. Next thing you know, everything is built upon the idea that we're going to have subsidies and favors from government officials who are predetermined that wind and solar is the best way to go. But there's no way to determine if wind and solar is the best way to go. There's no way to determine if nuclear was the best way to go. That's impossible to determine as well. The free market, the market will determine that, what's the best way to go. But if, if you're looking to change the way society is, then, you know, the politicians are going to say, wind and solar, wind and solar, that's it. We're going to go with wind and solar. And then that's what all the new capital investment goes into, because they've already said that, bypassing any other better way of doing things. Why not? Why not water power? Oh, because the rivers can't all be dammed up because of the fisheries and all that. That's fine. That's understandable. You want a clean environment. You want things natural, whatever. But when you say, if you determine that solar power is the best way to go, in your mind, and you're a politician, then people are going to come to you and pitch different things to you based upon that. And then they're going to get you to vote in their favor. And then that, that's all that is, is crony capitalism. Crony capitalism. And that's not okay. That's not the best way to do things. So think about another situation. This is the other one that I wanted to bring up was 
electric vehicles. They always say, oh, electric vehicles is the way they go. So the government has done subsidies for electric vehicles, electrified vehicles and all that, right? You get a subsidy because you bought a Tesla, $10,000, I don't know what it is now, $10,000 subsidy because you bought a Tesla or an electric vehicle or whatever. So the price of that Tesla comes back by 10 grand, you get a little tax benefit from it or whatever. A company that's dependent upon that stuff, plus how much investment has the government made into a company like Tesla or in a roundabout way into Elon Musk's businesses through the space program and all that stuff, right? Like this is a guy who everyone loves and worships as some kind of great entrepreneur, And he is. He's an innovative mind. He's a great entrepreneur in that way. But he has managed to manipulate the system to get his way. Like, he's managed to work the crony system. People think electric vehicles are the best way to go. We need to get off of... We need to get off of the... uh, the, We need to get off of gas and diesel fuels. We need to get off of carbon-based fuels. We need to move to a cleaner solution and the best solution for that is electric vehicles powered by coal coal fire power plants essentially but no if we could get you know solar power all over the world and wind power over the world and whatever and then you could power the vehicles that way then that would be the ideal solution nice green solution right and elon musk has completely benefited from that because politicians believe that electric vehicles are the way of the future and he kind of innovated in that way. I mean, it's a great company. It has brought mass wealth to its shareholders because because of that. And the politicians are very happy to oblige. They continue to, you know, pass laws in favor of things that Elon Musk is doing. It's crony capitalism, though. Would that company have taken off without government subsidies? No, but he was specifically tailoring his business model to what the politicians already wanted, what the politicians believed was the right way to go. So the politicians said electric vehicles are the way to go. Someone's like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to start making electric vehicles, come up with this company, sell some very high-end electric vehicles to rich people. You know what? In every situation in the world... The high-end stuff goes to the rich people first and eventually it comes down to the poor people. Think about cell phones. In the 80s, the only very rich would have a cell phone. Big old, huge block. It was a status symbol. Now everyone has one. So, I mean, that that's a normal situation that that's going to happen. And it would have happened anyways, despite the subsidies that Elon Musk got. It might have just uh, happened a little bit slower, maybe. I don't know. But... He saw an opportunity and he ran with it. You go and you start lobbying different politicians to get subsidies for your cars and this and that. And next thing you know, your company takes off and it's worth, I think it's like a 200 times earnings or something like that, which is absolutely insane. The stocks are worth like way more than the, than the actual value of the company. So that's just cronyism though. And that's what it is. But as, as soon as a politician says that, if a politician came out tomorrow and said, or if you can get a group, not just one, but if you can get, let's say, 30% of the people in Congress came out tomorrow and said that wood-burning stoves are the way to go, the way of the future, then you're going to have the wood-burning fo- 
stove manufacturers of America coming to them and lobbying them to get subsidies for their product. Because that is what the politicians have, is the ability to control certain industries through laws, through force of government. We need to take that power away from these politicians, though. That's the only way to stop it. You're going to have cronyism unless the government does not have that power. If the government has more power, then there's going to be more opportunity for cronyism. But the less power that the government has, the less authority the government has, the less ability it has to manipulate the economy, then the less cronyism you're going to have. That's just the way it is. That's what we need to do. We need to limit our government. There's constitutional restrictions on the government, but over time, those constitutional restrictions have gone away or been overlooked or just completely ignored. But we need to focus on finding politicians who believe in limited government, that are going to pander to the people who believe in limited government, and then we need to spread the word of limited government as a positive thing. And if we do that, we'll start to change the culture, we'll start to change the way that people look at their government, the expectations that they have of their government, and then at that point, that's when we win, okay? So, hey guys, I appreciate you joining me every day for the show, Monday and Thursday, okay? Um, check me out, IonTheEmpire.com or Facebook, I on the Empire. I have a group or a, a web page there. I also have a group if you want to get into that as well. Just let me know. Um, and then come on back on Thursday and you'll have clear vision for 2020.